welcome to episode 17 of IPNO from Home. We are, of course, as always, live from the couch in my room. Today, we have a special guest, Dr. Lou Galliano, who is a periodontist in New Jersey and is also a uh, Rutgers slash UDM, UMDMJ uh, <laughs> uh, alum. Uh, so, hey, Dr. Lou, thank you uh, for joining with us today. No problem. Welcome, Dr. Lou. Um, so, our first question is, can you just tell us and everyone listening a little bit about your background, how you got uh, started, and a little bit about when you were a student over here and what that was like? Okay, sure. So, um, I started at the dental school in 1978, and at the time it was called the College of Medicine and Dentistry. And um, in my junior year, they changed the name to the University of Medicine and Dentistry. And, uh, you know, the first two years of dental school are kind of, uh, it's all didactic, it's all classroom work, there's almost no clinic work. And then the third year, you start getting into the clinic. And uh, that's when I started to gravitate towards uh, periodontal treatment. I like the uh, Liked, I liked what was done with the patients. I liked the faculty. It was very scientific. Uh, so when I graduated in 82, 1982, I then um, worked a year just as a regular dentist. And then I applied to the postgraduate program, which I was accepted to in 1983. And I graduated from, um, it was UMDNJ at the time. I graduated from uh, the periodontal department and received my specialty certificate in 1985. And, um, that's how, that's how all that went. And then I started, I actually taught there from, I taught, I was a part-time faculty member. I taught a half a day a week from 1985 to 2000. And wow. so I taught for 16 years, believe it or not. And then, um, then I, you know, I left the school and for the past, like maybe six or seven years, I go down two or three times a year and I lecture to um, mostly the dental students. I've given some lectures to faculty members, but I, I give lectures mostly to the, to the dental students down there. That's great. So um, one of the, one of the common themes throughout all of these has been sort of adjusting to life during the pandemic. And I assume uh, being up close and personal with, with patients, you've probably had to experience some change in the way you, you practice. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about how, how you had to change your practice during the pandemic? Sure, but it's, it's not really, believe it or not, it's not really been a big change for us because, you know, when I, you know if I go back to my dental education career, it, when when I was in dental school, there were no gloves, no masks, no nothing. Okay, it just didn't exist. And when I was a resident in my first year, there were also no gloves, no masks. So you basically went into the clinic, and you know you would wash your hands when you were done working on a patient. But in 1984, the first uh, HIV cases were diagnosed in New Jersey at University Hospital. And some of those patients were treated in the periodontal clinic. So our program director at the time said, you know, we should start wearing gloves. And it wasn't really mandated, but, you know, some of us did, some of us didn't. I started wearing gloves and I kind of liked it because it, I, I just, uh, it helped the fact that I didn't have to wash my hands as much. You know, the gloves protected me. 
So then when I graduated, I continued on with that. And then we started wearing masks. So, I, you know, I've always worn, you know, gloves and a mask, you know, my whole career. And I, I, and I wear also a disposable gown, like over my, over my clothing. I'm not a scrub guy. So I wear a disposable gown. And, you know, now what we've done now just to enhance that, I wear a different mask. You know, I wear an N95 mask or a KN95 mask. And sometimes I put a regular what's called a level three mask over that. Uh, I wear glasses when I work. So I, I tried wearing a shield. It just doesn't work for me. I couldn't see really well. Still use the disposable. Um, you know, we, we, um, you know, we, we take, take the gowns off frequently. And then, you know, what we do, it's like, like almost everyone else, we only have, we don't really have anybody in the waiting room. So patients come to the office, they call our staff, they say they're here, they come in, we take their temperature, they have to use hand sanitizer first, and then we bring them into the treatment room. And then we have them rinse with, um, actually have it here. We actually have them rinse with peroxyl. It's, it's like a hydrogen peroxide-based mouth rinse. We used to have patients rinse with chlorhexidine, which is a um, like antibacterial mouth rinse, but that's not really viricidal. So now we switch to peroxyl. So we, you know, we have them, we have them rinse, and then you know it's off to the races. Now, you know, the problem for a dentist is that a lot of times we're using, like for me, I use a handpiece, which you know has water to cool it. So you know, you generate an aerosol spray, which is not great and then um we have uh, a cabotron which is an ultrasonic device that you use to clean someone's teeth so now i have an assistant so my assistant has a high speed uh suction and we actually just keep it right on the device we're using to limit the aerosol spray and then our, our hygienist, I'm actually in one of, I'm not in one of the hygiene rooms, but our hygienist, what we do now is we have this, um, it's like an arm and it's attached to the suction unit and it has like a little, like a, almost like a funnel on it. And that funnel, when she's working with something that's creating the aerosol spray, that funnel goes right by the patient's mouth. So it, 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 it evacuates the aerosol spray into the room. Uh, in, into the unit. And then we also have um, in each treatment room, not in the waiting room, we have in each treatment room, we have a portable, um, uh, like a air filtration unit. So it, it, it filters the air, it, 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 it sucks it into the unit, blows it out the back, but there's a, a UV light in there and, and it should kill, you know, whatever uh, microbes are in there. So, you know, and then we also schedule more time between appointments. So we give the girls a more time to, you know, the whole room is wiped down. We use these, you know, Clorox wipes. We wipe down the chair, the armrest. When the patient leaves, if someone was happened to sit in the waiting room, we wipe the uh, chair they were sitting in. We wipe the door handle after they leave. So, you know, it, it's, um, but it's, it's a little challenging now. <laughs> It's a little bit more challenging. Yeah, I think it's great that people can hear um, sort of some of what the preparations and the safety measures that are being taken place by different practitioners. Um, because I imagine there's a lot of people who have some trepidation about seeking treatment, uh, dental or medical, 
and it probably makes them feel much better to know that uh, you know that, that these pre precautions are taking place. Uh, what guidance would you give for people who, as I said, have a little trepidation about seeking treatment, and uh, if they can't seek treatment, how can they sort of uh, maintain uh, good oral health in 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 this in this time period? Yeah, well, that's a good question. You know, so you know. We tell patients, you know, we, we got a lot of phone calls. We still get them, and uh, people are concerned. I, I actually had a woman in today for an emergency, and um, she's an older woman. I've been seeing her for years and years, and she desperately wants to get her teeth cleaned. And she said, you know, I just don't want to come back. I don't feel comfortable. And I tried to reassure her, but I said to her, listen, if you don't feel comfortable, then, you know, you shouldn't come. You only should come if you feel comfortable. So we try to allay people's fears and, and tell them that, you know, it's a, it's a safe environment. Because we want it safe for the patients and for me and my staff. And, you know, as far as, you know, what to do um, at home, it's really you, you, in, in lieu of getting your teeth cleaned regularly. See, I'm, see, the thing is I'm a periodontist. So most of the patients that come back here for regular care, they come back here every three or four months because they've had history of periodontal disease or periodontitis. So they're different than people who've never had that. They're more susceptible to the plaque, which causes this periodontal disease. So what we tell those patients, you really have to practice extra, extra home care. So you have to execute proper brushing and flossing techniques or however you, however you clean your teeth. Because there's you know, many different ways in which you can clean, especially in between your teeth. So we tell patients, you know, in lieu of getting here, you just have to proper really, really good oral hygiene. You, you really can't slack off. And I've had, I've had a few patients um, that have had trouble because of the lack of care, but not a lot. Um, you know, just to go back, if I could digress, in um, I, my wife and I were on vacation early in March. We went away the first week in March. And when I got back, we went to Puerto Rico, and when I got back um, that night, I was really sick. I had a high fever. I had sweating, um, chills. So Friday, I don't work. I was off Saturday and Sunday. And Monday was, believe it or not, the first, that Monday, I guess it was March 10th or 11th, that was the first day in my entire working career that I ever missed because I was ill. I, you know, I'm not good, I'm lucky I don't get sick. So I missed the entire week. Um, that Saturday, I went to uh, urgent care for uh, a test and they told me I had the flu, I was diagnosed with the flu. So the following week, I felt better and I went to work like Thursday. So I missed the next week a couple of days. So I went to work Thursday, Part Wednesday, Wednesday have a day and Thursday, but I still didn't feel great. Saturday I went back to the doctor and he tested me for COVID. So then I couldn't work the following week because I was a patient under investigation. I was I was a P P U I, okay. So I couldn't go back to work. And then the test was I found that the test was negative on that Wednesday. So then then everything shut down. So. Yeah. I worked two days in March. I didn't work in April. And the last week in May, we saw a couple of patients do a dry run, and then we opened up in June. So basically, I was kind of out of the office 
for three months. So, you know, I had a couple patients have trouble. During the COVID crisis, April and May, I did go in the office to, for emergencies. Um, you try to handle emergencies on the phone, but, you know, sometimes people call you and they're in pain. And so, you know, I, I had to go in. And, you know, that was kind of a dicey time for me because my youngest daughter um, gave birth to her second child in, um, in, uh, in, in April. So we were helping her with we were helping babysit our other granddaughter and I kind of didn't want to go out of the office. I didn't want to go to the office. I didn't want to go out of the house because I didn't want to bring anything to her, her residence. But, you know, I was compelled to treat these patients. That was a pretty dicey time. So, um, but now things are pretty much back to normal. The practice is pretty much running like it was. Um, like I said before, we just take a little bit longer time period and, um, but it's pretty much back to normal. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, I'm sorry. So, Go ahead. Uh, um, so that brings us to uh, our next segment, which is called the IPNO from Home Zone. Which is basically uh, a three-round trivia uh, game. And what we've been doing is like depending on who the uh, guest is it's like specific trivia tailored to them so we had one guy who worked for the Rutgers basketball team so we asked him all basketball trivia so we were thinking of like what we would ask you and we're like we're like all right well it has to be something like teeth related <laughs> but, <laughs> but like we didn't want to get too like scientific because that would be too easy because you would know all that so we kind of we just, wouldn't yeah, we, and, we, and we don't know what we're talking about. So, so we kind of came up with like tooth-related trivia. So you'll see. Okay. So, so the first question is, how wide is the Statue of Liberty's mouth? Is it, is it A, 3 feet, B, 25 feet, C, 16 feet, or D, 10 feet? Hmm. So I've been to the Statue of Liberty, obviously. So I'm going to say three or ten feet. Uh, can I phone a friend? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> First time uh, for everything. <laughs> I'm going to say ten feet. Oof, close. It was three feet. Three feet, okay. Sounds small. It sounds small. It definitely... I, I, that's surprising. Yeah, when we first read the question, I thought it would be like I, I literally said twenty five feet because that's what yeah. that's why I put that. I guess I thought it would have been huge, but I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to uh, to question two, which is potentially going to horrify you, but uh, we're going to ask it anyway. Um, here we go. What percentage of the adult population of North America were toothless one hundred years ago? Is it a 10%, B, 25%, C, 50%, or D, 65%? I would say 65%. I mean, that is close. It's 50%, yeah. but that was a shocking stat. <laughs> yeah. It feels like, a, like, like 100 years really isn't that long ago for yeah, half yeah. of all of the people there to not have I teeth. I think it is for dentistry. I'll, I'll let the doctor yeah. <laughs> chime in on that. Yeah. Back in the day, like sometimes people, 
had like um you know heart disease or other ailments and and part of it sometimes the treatment was to remove all their teeth oh, yeah wow yeah all right, well, that moves, us, that moves us to question number three. All right, so which one of these celebrities did not have any front teeth? They wore a bridge. Was it A, Marilyn Monroe, B, James Dean, C, Marlon Brando, or D, Judy Garland? Mm. No front teeth. They had no front teeth. I think I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna make you an offer I you can't refuse. <laughs> I think it's Marlon Brando. Uh, it was actually James Dean. Oh man, which is amazing I, because he has this reputation yeah. for being this uh, this heartthrob, but <laughs> he had he did not have his front teeth. Wow. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for participating in that though. No problem. All right. And then I think uh, that wraps up this episode. Uh, Dr. Lou, thanks for coming on and for uh, giving us some insight about what uh, your world's been like uh, these past few months. And I think uh, you definitely also like qualm some fears for people who might be uh, yes. afraid to, yeah. to go into you know, offices like that. People should go. You know, like if, if you, you should go back to the dentist, you should go back to your doctor, you know, Get, you know, you got to get back into it because I think staying away, you know, it's, it's more dangerous than going. So, yeah. all right. Good Thank talking you. to you guys. Uh, thanks thanks so again for coming on. All right. No problem. Bye-bye now.